Welcome to the Extraordinary Me podcast, where ordinary people choose the extraordinary. Hosted by Coach Adam. Welcome to the Extraordinary Me program podcast. I am your host, Coach Adam, and today we have Dr. Lori Shemek as a guest. Lori is a well-known as a pioneer in creating global awareness of low-level inflammation and how it is responsible for and the core cause of most illness, disease, faster aging, and weight gain. She has been sending out the message about inflammation long before it was ever a buzzword. Dr. Lori has uncovered the pathway to core cause of weight, inflamed fat cells, that can only promote unwanted excess weight gain and belly fat, but poor health as well. Dr. Shemek is the author of How to Fight Fat Inflammation and the best-selling author of Fire Up Your Fat Burn. She is a leading health and weight loss expert, also known as the Inflammation Terminator. She has made it her mission to help clients lose weight and educate the public on toxic toxic effects of certain foods and lifestyle choices and how they create inflammation in the body, resulting in weight gain. She's a leading authority on inflammation and its role in weight loss, preventing disease and optimizing health. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dr. Lori Shemek. Lori is someone I really admire. She is definitely the embodiment of the ordinary who choose the extraordinary. She has a marvelous background, and I feel during these challenging times that we're experiencing with with COVID-19 and a lot of the mental and health stresses that are being challenged right now, I think this is a perfect opportunity for her to talk about her business, what she brings to the table. So Lori, please introduce yourself and tell us all about you. Hi, Adam. Thank you so much for having me here today. It's really an honor. I totally enjoy interacting with you. So thank you so much for that, our friendship. Yeah, so what I do is primarily I help people make better choices in terms of their health and weight in life. And really it's making better choices in terms of their health because weight loss becomes just a byproduct of that, as you know. Part of my story begins when I was a young girl. My parents divorced uh, when I was just four years old. And uh, my father was never to be seen again. And so my mother had to raise the three of us on her own. And you can imagine the kind of stress she was under. She had no support, no husband, no family support because her family was living in uh, another state. And she had a constant stream of different health conditions. And this was horrible because most of the memories I have of my poor mother are of her being ill with a constant stream, right, of these health conditions. And I remember even as a young girl walking into her room, seeing her laying there suffering in the dark, and it broke my heart, but I knew she could make different choices. And and I underscore the word choice because that essentially ends up primarily what we all do every day. We make a lot of choices, right? So uh, as time went on, my mother's health began to fail even more so. And my mother smoked a pack and a half of cigarettes a day. She was obese. She, um, you can imagine that, as I mentioned before, the stress she was under trying to raise three of us children. And I became the somewhat the care, the other parent, if you will, for my brothers, my two younger brothers making meals for them. And because my mother wasn't really available, right? She was sick. She was unhappy. She was stressed. She was in pain and it's such and sick. And, um, it, And so her diet was comprised of mostly sugar and junk food. 
And it's interesting because we ate all of that food too. And thank God for the human body, because that's one of the things that's fantastic about it is that it does repair. And when you're young, it repairs very well (laughs) and quickly. But very sadly, my mother's health dwindled and she died at the very young age of 36, leaving behind three young children with literally nowhere to go. So it was my mother's experience, my experience with my mother's suffering that motivated me to really want to help other people. And I wanted to help people make different choices in their life. Like I mentioned before, better choices, right? Because I feel and felt like my mother didn't have any choice in life to make. She felt like this was her genetic lot in life. This was the hand she was dealt and nothing could have been further from the truth. If I had been older, I would have been able to help her. But it set me on the path of wanting to help people. And so I got my doctorate in psychology and went to work for different places counseling people. And towards the end of my career in counseling, I became vice president of family outreach, uh, where we helped at-risk families. I did that for a long time, and then I also decided one day that I didn't want to do it anymore, and I was also motivated, not just by my mother, but by my clients, because I would give my clients new, uh, you know, a shopping list, essentially, a meal plan, and they would buy the groceries, and I would see their health change markedly, their mindset, their motivation, you name it everything changed. And so that was the determining factor for me eventually. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting even to see that their children's health changed because that food was brought into the home, right? That crystallized it for me. And so I went back to school, became a nutritionist and uh, a life coach. And I combined my background in psychology my nutrition background and my life coaching background and melded them all together to create what I have my company I have now called HealthWorks. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So it's been a very rewarding path, that's for sure. Well, your entire story and Lori, I've known you for probably about a year. We we met through Twitterverse. You know, it's interesting that people always say through social media, some like it, some don't. And I've just made some amazing connections. You are definitely one. And you are as well. Thank yes. you, Billy. Interesting to me is I talk a lot about uh, critical points. And I define a critical point as situations were forced into by others and their behaviors or situations were forced into by our own decisions and our own behaviors. Now, your dad skips town. No, you never hear from him again. Right. You witness and observe and live your mother's health uh, drastically declining. Now, these are things that you didn't ask for. Yet, you know, you had a decision, you had a choice, which you just said, that you could either fall backwards or you can use this to inspire yourself and so many others by, you know, creating the health, wellness uh, through body, mind, spirit that you have. So I commend you, first of all. Uh, And second of all, I, I think it's a great opportunity for you to tell people how, you know, things like this in life that are out of your control can really drive you to help others and yourself in the future. Yeah. So it's really, you know, it's a passion and a calling is what it is. I don't, I can't even describe it. It's more of a, um, 
it's more of a, you know, an empathy, uh, a, you know, for people. I have this empathy to want to really help people. And I can't even imagine my life without helping other people. I just can't. And so it just, you know, it seems to come out of nowhere from my heart, if you will. And uh, so that's what drives me. But the, I guess the underlying drive is because I want them to be healthy and happy. I want them to have a quality life. And that's the only way that can happen primarily is through health, right? We, if we're not healthy, our quality of life is not good and our mental well-being is not there. So health really is a gift. Oh, it absolutely is. And, you know, I follow you obviously on all the outlets, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. And, you know, having said that, your daily posts on um, health and wellness benefits, I, I, I live for those. <laughs> because, oh, that is so you know, nice. They're so informative. You know, here I am, I'm, I'm a married father of four, uh, 45 years old. And it's like, I'm looking for everything with the with the edge to make me feel better because I want to get up every morning and I want to work out like I do. I want to mm-hmm. be healthy at work. And on top of that, you know, I want to make sure that one day I'm a great grandfather. You know what I mean? Like I want to take care of myself so I can take care of my grandkids. So a lot of what you you post with the health and wellness to me is so valuable. Give a little background of some of the things that you like to to really tweet about, post about, um, so that's beneficial, so so many other people can uh, can really connect to that. Yeah, it's you know what I post is in, things that I find beneficial for myself as well. So I I feel like if I'm getting benefit from what I'm posting then other people, somebody out there will get benefit. Now, there are things I post that people can't stand and I hear about it. <laughs> you know, right. it's, a, you know, the, the social media trolls, etc. But other than that, for the most part, I think people benefit from healthy information. I know that whenever I've spoken in the past, wherever I go to speak, I always have Q&A afterwards. And I can't tell you how long it goes on, they always have to cut it off because there is such a thirst for information on health and nutrition and weight. And it's not because people don't know what to ask. It's because they don't, they don't really, there isn't a a credible source they can really trust. There's Dr. Google, but then there's all sorts of opposing opinions. And, you know, and it's, and when you're speaking, you're bringing up subjects that might spark an interest or, you know, bring up something they've been questioning. So I really think that it's important for people to have an all around grasp of healthy living. That's really the truth in that if they just, if it's just one area, right? So say it's just about eating a healthy diet, then that's not giving them the complete picture. And even though my expertise is in psychology uh, counseling and uh, nutrition, it doesn't, it, I am not a health expert, but by osmosis, I became one, right? Because it's just an all around a sleep expert, <laughs> you know, you, you name it. And so uh, it's just, these are really important factors. I think people absolutely need to know. And also, this is important, that there are a lot of people out there that really don't know, they have no clue. So when I tell them that white bread is not healthy, they, some people really did not know that. 
And so that makes me happy that they have that information. Fully agree. And like I said, um, you know, a lot of what you post daily is so beneficial from my standpoint, because you are going for the whole person. You realize even through your background that, wait a minute, how we eat, how we exercise, pray, meditate, all of those Mm -hmm. factors. I noticed when I, I blogged out about you recently is there was a video you had a video with a couple people where there was kind of like a little battle royal um, because one of your things you talked about is intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. And some other people were like, no, you really don't need to do that. So, you know, I want to kind of use this opportunity right now to talk about what you feel intermittent fasting does for uh, people. Yeah, it's really, yeah, that was on the doctor's TV. <laughs> and so, you know, that was the first time I was ever in a public debate on national TV. <laughs> it was really interesting. It was, um, it was a fun time. And what I was trying to get across to people communicate was that intermittent fasting is very beneficial for our optimal health, brain health, sleep, weight, longevity, cellular health, you name it, right? Mitochondrial health. And, um, and that simply skipping a meal is really that, that beneficial, that easy. And, um, so the old school of thought is that you have to eat three square meals a day and two snacks, right? That's the way it should be. And maybe some people have dessert with that. So that's the, the research now shows that it's far from that. It's actually skipping a meal <laughs> or two or three. Some people just have one meal a day. And the longer you fast, the more benefits you accrue. But the longer you fast, you can also create more stress in your body. So you have to find that sweet spot for you. And women tend to be more f- hormonally fine-tuned. So I don't recommend a lot of fasting for women, uh, but men can handle fasting better. So fasting has so many benefits to it that it's a head-scratcher that people won't even consider it. But if you talk about it, they get really upset. It's like if you talk about reducing your carbohydrate intake, they get unhappy, right? Because that's those are their go-tos. Food is a comfort for many people, especially now that we have the virus uh, pandemic going on, food has become really a um, a go to nurturing uh, vehicle, if you will. You know, I was just on an interview the other day talking about how many people are hoarding frozen food, but they're hoarding the comfort frozen food, <laughs> you know, like pizza and desserts and things, ice cream and things like that. And that's doing exactly the opposite of what we really want done. What we want done is we want to improve our immune health. We want to improve our brain health. And these types of foods are not doing it. They're actually promoting poor immune strength. They're depressing the immune system. Sugar, for one, is depresses the immune system for hours after you ingest it. And so when you fast, let's say your last your dinner was at seven and your next meal is at seven in the morning, right? Seven at night, seven in the morning. You're sleeping most of that fast. That's 12 hours of fasting right there. Mm-hmm. And that is ridiculously easy because I shouldn't say ridiculously easy because for a lot of people, they're eating constantly. But for many people, it is. 
We've all had to not eat 12 hours before a blood test, for example. That's fasting. We've all delayed our breakfast for brunch, right? And that's fasting as well. So these benefits are truly remarkable when you think about why not eating uh, is really where the magic happens for our health. There's a wonderful saying from, uh, yeah, Jocko Willink says this often, um, discipline equals freedom. First, when I read that, I, 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 I struggled with that. But then I was like, okay, it, it actually makes sense. It means you get the freedom to feel good, freedom to, to do activities that you uh, maybe once before, you know, never could. I read something one time, Lori, where back in the early 1900s, if you were heavy set, especially in the gut, that meant you had wealth and status. Right. Uh, because they ate all the fine dinners, but they didn't live very long, <laughs> you know, right. because they, they had status. So I look at that. What you're saying is intermittent fasting is, is it, it's a discipline. When I work with student athletes, it, I think discipline plays a major role in factor. And you're using intermittent fasting to give that discipline to benefit your health and wellness of your body. Yeah. What I think also he was referring to, which you are as well, is that the brain doesn't like to put too much effort into things, right? So it likes things easy. And that's why habits are very important because the brain doesn't really have to think too much. It becomes second nature. And not to say that intermittent fasting becomes second nature, it does for a lot of people, but it's you, you get to a point when you're fasting where you're not, you don't get the hunger pangs. And if you do, they don't last for very long at all, just for a second or two. And, um, and then you just move on with your day. But that freedom is not having to be so quote disciplined, if you know what I mean. There's uh, BJ Fogg's habit recipe, right? Where, you know, you, you say you attach an action to an emotion and you attach the foundation of that action uh, to something else, right? So if you say, I want to start doing more push-ups, well, then you attach walking by your office. Every time you walk by your office, you do a push-up. And then when you do that push-up, you go, woohoo, <laughs> you know, you actually congratulate yourself. So it's the positive emotion combined with the attachment of an action that you take every day that uh, creates a, a really healthy habit. So, um, but it has to, you have to attach something uh, in order to create a new habit. And you also have to be happy for yourself. Agreed. And, and you know, you said something interesting, and I'm going to rewind a little bit here because I think it plays with a lot of what the world has experienced with COVID-19. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the brain will choose something easy if you let it. A lot of what you've been posting and talking about is how to build your immunity, which is what I've been telling my family since day one. Let's expect it like we're going to get it. Let's eat and do the things that we need to do mentally and physically to combat it. And a lot of what you're discussing with your background is that. So maybe talk about how inflammation impacts the immune system, because I really like what you talk about, and I've really learned a lot. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of people are confused about inflammation, especially they keep hearing about, you know, the cytokine storm and all of these these terms thrown around, but essentially inflammation there are two types and the first type is called acute inflammation and it's a necessary type. I call it loud inflammation because we darn well know it's there, right? It hurts, it's uncomfortable, um, it stings, it's that black and blue swollen ankle, that head cold. That's 
acute inflammation and we need it in order to heal. Even though it's uncomfortable, it's a necessary part of our immune system. Without it, we would not be alive. And so um, let's take a cut on the finger, for example. When you cut your finger, an enormous amount of inflammatory molecules are released, right? And soldiers, if we, you, if you will, rush to the site to repair the wound. They repair the wound, the wound heals, the soldiers go away, the inflammation goes away, and all is well. And so that's type one, that's acute inflammation. And the second type of inflammation is called silent or chronic inflammation, which a lot of people have heard of. And it is the underlying cause of most illness, disease, faster aging, and weight gain. And this type of inflammation releases just a trickle of inflammatory molecules. And so you would think, well, that's better, right? It's better than an, an enormous amount like acute inflammation, but it isn't. And the reason is because it never goes away. It's there 24-7, unbeknownst to most people. And so this is where the COVID virus comes in because if you have low-level inflammation like this underlying Conditions such as type 2 diabetes, chronic kidney disease, obesity, and you name it. Any, uh, any chronic condition really is an underlying condition because it's inflammatory based. So that's why I've written three books. They all have in some way or another been revolve rather around inflammation because I recognized early on that this is really the key factor in optimizing our health long ago. And so if you can reverse the inflammation or keep it very low, then you are one step ahead of the game. You have a strong immune system. You're going to weather this and the way to do that is, even if you have an underlying condition, to tamp down on that uh, low-level inflammation that's circulating. Lori, that was so valuable. Thank you so much. I've read your work Thank and you. you know, following your posts. I, I talk about a term in my book called endurance. And you know, what you just said to me uh, is not just worry, focusing on like COVID-19, but focusing on for your life. So a lot of what you described is not just for what we're experiencing now, but for years from now. Yeah. I mean, you know, if people got it that every bite they took, and this is true, your health is at the end of your fork, right? If every bite they took had an impact on your cellular health, your mitochondrial health and your genetic expression, which it does immediately, then that mindset will take you the distance. It's going to optimize your health. There's just no other way it cannot. Because, you know, when you say, for example, you want to lose weight, if you look at weight loss only without looking at optimizing your health, then it's going to be a rough ride, right? You're going to be feeling deprived. But if you focus on doing the things that really promote better health only, not your weight, because that's just a byproduct. That will happen. But just really taking really good care of your health, then you will be very happy in both departments.
again, that's what we talk about with the whole person is mm-hmm. body, mind, spirit, taking care of everything. Lori, as, as you look kind of forward to the future and, and now that businesses are opening up, you know, from your background, you're looking at the whole person mentally, spiritually, physically, you know, what is your advice for people as they move, move forward through uh, the transition now that things are opening? I would say primarily to, number one, take care of your health. Okay. I think that's super important. As I mentioned early on, mindset creates uh, mental well-being. Gut health is very important. So uh, our gut and our brain health are directly connected. New research has come out showing that depression and gut health are directly connected. And in fact, everything is connected to our gut. It's, it's showing. But, but I would say to keep a positive mindset, because as we know, and you know, Adam, that negativity depresses the immune system. Negativity creates negative events around you. And you are a reflection of what's going on in your life. So it may be in the beginning, it may be challenging to change that mindset to a more positive mindset, but it can be done. And it just takes practice. Like, like we were talking earlier, you know, you just be, it becomes habitual to flip a negative thought into a positive one. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And you will absolutely see an amazing difference in your life. It's powerful when you do that. And that mindset and taking care of your health because they do go hand in hand, positive mindset, better health choices, get rid of the sugar first and foremost, <laughs> and you will be good to go. When I work with student athletes, mm-hmm. I teach them to bring their awareness from their head to their gut. And I do that for many reasons. Number one, because that's your central part of your body, which is centering is to me based on that. Number two, it gets away from the the, the brain senses so that you're, you're focused on bringing your awareness to here and now. I think that there needs to be a, a wonderful communication between your your gut and yourself. And ever since I eliminated most of the sugar in my life, you know, I've been able to do uh, physically a lot more, even at, at, as I age. But on top of that, I, I want to support your statement about just the, the, the difference in your thought pattern. I tell this story to many people, you know, when I had a nervous breakdown at 26, I had to literally reprogram my entire brain and central nervous system. Now, it took time. I will wholeheartedly tell people it took about a year and a half for me mm-hmm. to do it. However, I haven't had one panic attack in 18 years, you know. Oh, and that's fantastic. Isn't it? Because I committed yeah. to it. And, and, and a lot of it had to do with changing my thoughts, changing the way I viewed things. But it did have so much to do with what I ate. It does, Adam. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I've had clients with panic attacks, anxiety attacks, and heart palpitations, and you name it, uh, symptoms of stress, right? And a lot of times what it is, is they're eating a lot of sugar. They have a poor diet. This eats up magnesium in the body. And when you start eating better and and you're getting that magnesium into your body, it makes, it's huge. It's powerful. So I always recommend that my clients who are experiencing this supplement with magnesium because it's, 
truly rampant in, in terms of the deficiency, just like vitamin D is in our country. And, and vitamin D seems to be very vital from both the sun and uh, in supplement right now, because I'm reading a lot of information in combating COVID and other challenges and illnesses and viruses, that vitamin D seems to be a very, very instrumental piece. And magnesium and vitamin D need each other. So it's it's crucial that uh, people get enough magnesium. I think if everybody in our country ate a really uh, whole foods diet, a healthy diet, nutrient rich, uh, they took tar- they did targeted supplementation depending upon their needs. I think we'd have a lot of happier. We'd have a happier country. We would. We wouldn't see a lot of the negativity we see on the news, for example. I support a lot of what you just said. So I, I think this would be a great closing question then for you, Lori, is, mm-hmm. you know, seeing that I work with a lot of student athletes and parents and coaches and teachers, you know, what would be the advice that you would give devising meal plans and eating, you know, scheduling, I guess you would say, for better health, wellness, and for overall life and how they think and, and their mentality? Well, absolutely making sure that they have a very nutrient-dense diet, right? So that means that you're going to have to look at recipes that support that and write that list out and, uh, and make sure they have the food. I remember when I was a young girl, my aunt, she, I, I remember being astounded because as I told you, my mother couldn't do this, but I remember thinking, this is unbelievable that she gets up at five 30 in the morning. She gets dressed. She was an interior decorator, very successful, but she had four children. So she would get up and she would make them a hot breakfast every morning and she would make their lunches, beautiful lunches packed with, you know, sandwiches packed with avocados and healthy protein and sprouts, right? No chips. And she would throw in uh, some yogurt and whatever. Even back then, she was very aware of how important nutrition played in their children's health. I would also recommend that parents make sure that their students, their children are hydrating properly. Because I'm sure you know, Adam, that uh, the, the research is out there showing that they're not as um, up to par in, in school and in athletics if they're not hydrated properly. So that's really, a lot of parents don't know that their children are mildly dehydrated. That's uh, very important because mild dehydration creates foggy thinking, it creates fatigue, weight gain, sugar cravings, you know, they want to snack and eat carbs all the time, simply because of mild dehydration. And this applies to adults as well. All four of my kids are involved in athletics and two of them play at the college level. And the thing I always say to them at night is make sure you hydrate, make sure you stretch. Fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lori, thank you so much. When I put this uh, uh, podcast out, I'm going to have all your contact information and your background. And, and you know, people are just going to be so delighted to, to know everything that I know about you already. And oh, Adam. You know, your information is amazing, and I hope that they all uh, connect with you and follow you because, uh, like I said, you've been very instrumental in my health and well-being, and I, and I can't recommend you enough. You are such a kind person. Thank you so much. and It's really been an honor. I've loved uh, connecting with you on social media, so thank you for that education as well. You have a wonderful rest of your day, and stay extraordinary, okay? You too, Adam. Take care. Dear Lord, to say thank you for the wisdom and guidance you have given me and many of your followers would not be justified because you truly have given us all gifts that we can only hope to teach others along our path to possibly repay you. We are so grateful.
I don't have any scientific data that can back up the fact that I believe our journey is part of a plan and that the people who enter and exit our life will guide and instruct us to dig deep and discover why we are here and what we are here to accomplish. However, your story seems to support my belief and theory. We are surrounded by the people we need to be in life in order to accomplish the mission we came here for. Thank you for opening up and sharing your personal story so it gives light and hope to many others. Health and wellness is such a critical part of our life if we truly want to enjoy it. So much of that health and wellness depends greatly on knowledge. You have proven time and time again that you are a fountain of knowledge and that you can explain it simply for anyone at any age to understand. And that is a true character of genius. Lori, I'm certain your path has not been easy and many will give you resistance to what you are teaching. But there's a major aspect of teaching that we all tend to forget. Our passion never needs to sell anything because our passion represents our character. And Lori, your character is one of the most inspiring and authentic I have ever come across. And I know I'm not alone. Lori, you are extraordinary. Stay the course. Stay extraordinary. We need you too. Coach Adam. Welcome to the Extraordinary Me podcast, where ordinary people choose the extraordinary. Hosted by Coach Adam.